Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Thopolis, the Statman on a Sunday morning, Super Bowl Sunday, the 5th of February, 2017. It is 10 a.m. in the East. We are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic imitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as I take you through the world of sports. Good Sunday morning out there, everybody. Welcome to Super Bowl 51, which will be taking place in only about eight and a half hours, and the pregame show is probably starting momentarily, so uh, let us be the first to welcome you to the day and also uh, to your pregame coverage. If you choose to make this part of your pregame coverage, we definitely do appreciate it. Uh, a nice uh, chilly day in the Northeast. It will be nice and uh, warm in Houston for the big game at NRG Stadium, the former Reliant Stadium, where the Patriots have already won before in a Super Bowl back in 2004. And they will try and do it again in this one, going up against the New England Patriots and in the way for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's fifth Super Bowl victory will be the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, which uh, the the, uh, Falcons are led by quarterback and newly minted Associated Press most valuable player, Matt Ryan uh, from Exton, Pennsylvania. He will take uh, control of the Falcons as they try and win their first as a franchise uh, in their second appearance. Now, the Patriots have appeared in nine of them. Uh, If if you remember the the Patriots of... uh, of uh, Steve Grogan losing to the uh, Chicago Bears and their famed 46 defense back in Super Bowl 20, and then of course the Patriots bowing to the Green Bay Packers uh, of Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren, uh, and that was the Patriots led by Bill Parcells, and that was back in '96. So you had a uh, uh, a couple of uh, teams of eras, different eras of Patriots football in their two previous Super Bowls. This is now the seventh for Brady and Belichick, ninth as an organization. And they went from a couple of Super Bowls in uh, and really being tossed aside as an NFL franchise to uh, one of the most, if not the most successful franchise in uh, the Super Bowl era. And uh, it's, it's been a, an amazing turnabout, and you can point it directly to two people. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and they go for their fifth. They are four and two in Super Bowls, so they are going to try and win their fifth before they lose their third. Uh, and as I mentioned, for the Falcons, their history was Jamal Anderson and the Dirty Birds back in 1998. Uh, if you remember Chris Chandler and uh, that Super Bowl uh, as they lost to John Elway and the Denver Broncos and Terrell Davis as well. So uh, some Super Bowl history on both sides, uh, much more obviously on the Patriots side, and we will break down the game. Uh, we'll, we'll pick the game as well as uh, look into the prop bets, which are always fun on Super Bowl Sunday, so we'll take a look at that as well. Uh, because it is the first show of February of the month, we're going to look back at last month with the all Statman teams for fantasy football and fantasy hockey as we turn our attention to hockey. And uh, we are heading into week 17 already in the National Hockey League season. The All-Star Game is behind us. We have nothing but, uh, uh, but daylight until April. Now, of course, you have your trading deadline 
over the next month, and this really coincides with the home stretch of your fantasy hockey regular season. Uh, so we will uh, give you some updates on all that stuff and uh, give you the weekly best for Week 16, a slightly shortened week as the week went Tuesday to Saturday. Uh, but we're going to look at stats from Tuesday to Friday because we're usually on with you on Saturday. Uh, I got back a little late from a business trip, could not make the uh, Saturday morning show. And anyway, it's always good when we have the show on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, as we have probably more often than not uh, over the years. Glad you could be with us on uh, on this momentous occasion. And uh, sit right back for the next uh, 40 or so minutes, and we'll, uh, we'll talk uh, some fantasy football and uh, fantasy hockey. Let's start out with our all-statman teams for the month of January. And we start in football, and these are only playoff stats up to this point. So we're going to look at fantasy numbers from the first three rounds of the playoffs. We are not including Week 17 in this. We included that with the December numbers. And in terms of uh, at the quarterback position, obviously the – final four quarterbacks uh, are the top four players, but Aaron Rodgers had the best numbers of anyone, the only uh, quarterback to pass for 1,000 yards. If Matt Ryan throws for over 369 yards, if he throws for 370 or more, uh, or I'm sorry, I, I take that back, 270 or more, he will make 1,000. Tom Brady needs 329 for the 1,000 mark, but Aaron Rodgers got there in three games. 1,004 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. The touchdowns were the most. Uh, he was 80 of 128. Also rushed for 62 yards. That led all quarterbacks. And he had 94 fantasy points. That is 19 ahead of Matt Ryan. So you know what Matt Ryan has to do in order for the uh, uh, for, for Ryan to take over Rodgers as, uh, as the top quarterback. Brady is actually 40 points behind Rodgers. Ryan has had a more impressive playoff. Among running backs, Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman are your running backs. Freeman will play in the Super Bowl. Bell obviously will not. He was injured early in that game against the Patriots in the AFC title game. He rushed for 357 yards and two touchdowns. He had 58 fantasy points, well beyond uh, the next player, which was Freeman at 30 points. In fact, Tom, in fact, Thomas Rawls was third at 28 points. You add Freeman and Rawls together, and they equal Bell's output. That's how dominant Bell was in a playoff that has been very light on running back success. Freeman had 87 yards rushing and a touchdown, but he uh, really helped himself out with his eight catches for 122 yards and a score. Uh, so Bell and Freeman, your running back all-stat man in January. Wide receivers, we have a tie. Antonio Brown of the Steelers and Randall Cobb. Of the Packers, eight points better than Julio Jones. Neither Brown nor Cobb will play in the final game. Julio Jones will, and fourth place Chris Hogan also will. Jones and Hogan had fantastic conference championship games, identical stat lines with nine catches and 180 yards. But Brown and Cobb were the best for the playoffs overall up to this point. Antonio Brown, 18 catches on 29 targets, 309 yards, and two touchdowns. Randall Cobb, 18 catches on 24 targets, 260 yards, and three touchdowns. He had the extra touchdown, both of them, with 50 fantasy points. In terms of receptions among wide receivers, Brown and Cobb tying for the most with 18. In third place, three players, Devontae Adams, Doug Baldwin, and Julian Edelman. Edelman will play in the big game. In terms of yardage, Brown was first, but Chris Hogan was second with 275. Cobb third, and Edelman fourth. Uh, and in terms of touchdowns, the three touchdowns by Randall Cobb tied with Julio Jones for first place. Uh, on to uh, tight ends. 
and this has been a, a, a weak year for tight ends, but Jared Cook really came up big at times for the Packers during these playoffs. 18 catches on 32 targets for 229 yards and two touchdowns. He had 39 fantasy points. Jesse James, 21 points back in second place. Uh, so the tight end, uh, all stat man tight end is uh, Jared Cook. Kicker Chris Boswell, he had six field goals against Kansas City, and that was a record, but he was eight for eight during the playoffs and three for five in extra points. So he missed two extra points, still finished nine better than anyone else. Chris Boswell, 36 points. Stephen Goskowski at 27. He needs 10 points, Goskowski does, in order to pass Boswell for the playoff lead. Uh, but Matt Bryant in fifth place at 20 points. He has a long way to go. He needs 17 points uh, to overtake Boswell, and he needs to outscore Goskowski by eight in order to uh, get ahead of Goskowski. So Boswell is the all-stat man there. And defense, the Patriots' defense, 23 fantasy points. The Falcons at 18. Hasn't been a very uh, defensive playoff season, but uh, the Patriots have four interceptions, three sacks, and they've allowed 33 points in three games. They have a fumble recovery, a return for a touchdown as well. Uh, The Falcons have five sacks, three interceptions, a safety, a fumble recovery. They've allowed 41 points in their three games. The Patriots, I, I should mention, the Patriots have 33 points allowed in two games, not three. The Falcons also uh, two games. They uh, they have played uh, two games because they both got a bye week uh, in the wild card round. So the Patriots at 23 points, Falcons at 18, Packers were next at 16. So once again, uh, our all-stat man team quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, running backs, Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman, wide receivers uh, were Antonio Brown and Randall Cobb. Jared Cook was the tight end. Chris Boswell, the kicker and the Patriots defense. That is your all-statman team for the month of January. For, let, let's also take a look at hockey and our all-statman team for January. Brad Marchand was the top forward in all of hockey, 11 goals in 14 games, nine assists, a plus two, six penalty minutes. He had two power play goals. He had three shorthanded goals. Six of them were at even strength. He had 75 points. That's nine and a half better than Evgeny Kuznetsov of the Washington Capitals, who came in second. Brad Marchand also narrowly avoiding two suspensions uh, because of, uh, of some rough play for the Bruins, uh, but um, he narrowly escaped those, and he was the top forward and the top left wing on the first line for us. Uh, Kuznetsov is the top center on that line, 7-13-20 and, tw- uh, and in 15 games, a plus 13 for Kuznetsov, and that is, uh, that is tremendous as uh, his, top, his plus 13 was tops among uh, forwards, Justin Williams and Brett Connolly uh, and Lars Eller also caps were the only ones at plus 10 or above. Williams at plus 12, Connolly and Eller at plus 11. In terms of points, Marchand and, and Kuznetsov had 20. Those topped everyone, and the 11 goals uh, for Marchand was the best, by the way. Max Pacioretty had nine goals. He was in second place. Uh, but getting back to the uh, top line, Marchand, Kuznetsov on the right wing, Justin Williams, Kuznetsov's uh, uh, caps teammate. Williams, eight goals, six assists for 14 points in 15 games, a plus 12, eight penalty minutes, two power play goals. He had 58 fantasy points. Uh, On the second line, Alex Ovechkin on left wing. He had 58 points, seven goals, 11 assists in 15 games. He had 10 penalty minutes. He was a plus seven, 52 shots on goal for him. You always look at the shots on goal number because it's usually insane. His 52, though, tied for fifth with Max Pacioretty. Jack Eichel of Buffalo had the most shots on goal in the month with 60. Patrice Bergeron at 59, Blake Wheeler at 57, Patrick Kane at 54, uh, but Ovechkin with his 52, seven of them cashed in, he had 58 fantasy points. Mark Scheifele of the Jets, 
was the third best forward at 62 points, but the second best center behind Kuznetsov. Eight goals, ten assists, and a plus eight for Scheifele in 14 games. Uh, and on right wing on that second line, TJ Oshie, also the Capitals. Capitals dominating in January. Seven goals, eight assists in 13 games, plus seven, 12 penalty minutes, and two power play goals. He had 50 and a half fantasy points. That's your second line. On the third line, centered by John Tavares of the New York Islanders, eight goals, six assists in 12 games, plus seven, two, pe- uh, two penalty minutes, power play goal, shorthanded goal. He had 57. Uh, fantasy points on left wing Pittsburgh uh, Penguins left winger who's currently hurt Connor Sheary is out four to six weeks he had eight goals and five assists in 11 games a plus eight two penalty minutes he had 53 fantasy points and on right wing Michael Grabner the New York Rangers on Tavares's line in the all stat man team uh, eight goals and two assists in 11 games a plus six and a shorty and seven even strength goals he had 49 fantasy points and Grabner Continues to score at a great pace, 22 goals, but he is a Cy Young contender. 22 goals, 8 assists uh, for 30 points, but he does have a plus 21 on the season. Grabner is having a dynamite bounce-back resurrection season for the New York Rangers. And finally, on the fourth line, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, the center for Edmonton. He is on the fourth line, the only uh, oiler on the list, as he was better than Connor McDavid by five and a half points. Dreisaitl, 6'8 and 14 in 14 games, so a point a game for him, plus seven, two penalty minutes of power play goal, and he had 53 fantasy points. Nikolai Ehlers of the Jets, eight goals, six assists as well, uh, or actually uh, flipped it. Dreisaitl, six goals, eight assists. Ehlers, eight goals, six assists, both in 14 games, plus six for him, four penalty minutes, two power play goals. He had 53 points. And on right wing, Got to dig a little deep here. Nino Niederreiter of the Minnesota Wild. Six goals and seven assists for 13 points in 13 games, plus five. Six penalty minutes, three power play goals. He had 46 and a half fantasy points. For the season, by the way, uh, Niederreiter, 15 goals and 21 assists uh, for him. And uh, he is not at a point of game, but still plus 18. He's having a very, very good season. Uh, I don't know about a breakout season, but he has uh, definitely um, quieted all those uh, naysayers early in his career that said he was a head case. He has done extremely well. Uh, in terms of uh, honorable mentions, Nicholas Backstrom of the Caps, Andre Burakovsky also of the Caps, Connor McDavid we mentioned, uh, Nazem Kadri of the Leafs, Brian Little of the uh, Jets, Mike Hoffman of Ottawa, Max Pacioretty of the uh, uh, Canadians, and of course Patrice Bergeron. Uh, they also had solid weeks, but or solid months, but did not make our all-stat man team. Among the top six defensemen for the three pairings, Brent Burns continues to get it done. Six goals, 12 assists for 18 points in 14 games, plus three, eight penalty minutes, two power play goals. I don't know if you want to announce it yet, but Norris Trophy probable winner, Brett Burns, 79 fantasy points. Nick Letty second uh, among defensemen for the Islanders. Keeps on trucking. A point a game, three goals, nine assists, a plus seven. He had 65 and a half fantasy points. Drew Doughty, Last year's Norris winner, two goals, nine assists in 13 games, plus six, 10 penalty minutes, a power play marker. Uh, he had 55 points. Justin Schultz joining him on the second pair, 54 points for him, a goal and 10 assists in 11 games, a plus five, four penalty minutes. And on the third pairing, Adam Larson, uh, the Oiler defenseman, former Devil defenseman, he was in the Taylor Hall trade, goal and six assists, a plus 15 for the Oilers' rear guard in 13 games, 10 penalty minutes, 53 points for him. And Dmitry Orlov, Finishes us up for the Caps, three goals, six assists, uh, 51.5 fantasy points. He had a plus eight for the month. John Carlson, an honorable mention, as he was right there with Orlov, a half a point behind. Uh, among goaltenders, let's give you the goaltenders, Braden Holtby and John Gibson. Holtby of the Caps, 9-0, and 
uh, did not lose in regulation. Three shutouts, 1.82 goals against, 9.35 save percentage. He had 78.6 fantasy points. John Gibson, 77.4 fantasy points uh, for him as uh, he had a uh, an 8-2 and two month uh, as he had a goals against of 1.59, a little better, and a save percentage of 9.46, a little better there. And he uh, also... Uh, he also made 60 more saves, but he had one fewer shutout, and that was the difference, and he had those two losses, of course. Uh, so Gibson, 77.4 points, 1.2 behind Holtby for the month. Uh, Thomas Grice finishing third, 12 points behind Gibson. And enforcers, we look at players that uh, fill up the score sheet and fill up the penalty box as well. Most penalty minutes for the month, Austin Watson of the Nashville Predators with 32. Uh, but we do look at... Uh, the overall numbers, and we give it to Kyle Palmieri. Uh, of course, he had a, uh, a major in a, a game misconduct, I believe, mixed in, but six goals, four assists in 14 games, 26 penalty minutes. He had 62 enforcer points, and that was, uh, that was the most around among uh, players that, that really contributed on both sides. Patrick Maroon gets an honorable mention. He had 23 penalty minutes, seven goals, two assists, and 59.5 enforcer points, so pretty close there. Uh, so that is a look at the all-Statman team for the month of January. Uh, let's do some hockey, and then we'll finish up with, uh, with some fantasy football. Of course, the Super Bowl picks coming before the bottom of the hour on the live broadcast, but you can always listen to the entire podcast, the 45-minute show, which includes the 30-minute live feed you're listening to now and the 15-minute podcast-only version, and you can listen live on blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman, but you can download the entire podcast either through the Blog Talk Radio page, through Facebook, which we upload uh, all of our audio. You can get there by going to facebook.com slash sportswiththestatman. You can like us on Facebook, come back early and often. Uh, and also, uh, we will be uh, uh, putting up our lineup for the NFL.com Fantasy Playoff Challenge, which we uh, have done the first, uh, the first three weeks of the playoffs. Of course, uh, last week, no game, so we will put our uh, our final uh, one up there before game time. And, of course, uh, it, is a, uh, uh, it, is a, it is a fun game. It is a very difficult game, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, you can also ask your fantasy questions and give us your pro opinions on Twitter, at GStatman. That's at G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N. The website is StatmanSportsOnline.com. That's StatmanSportsOnline.com. You can also get the... Uh, 45-minute podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher and the Smart Radio app. You can go to Stitcher.com to find out more. If you have CarPlay in your car, Stitcher, it, you can be uh, can be used there. You can listen to the show through your own car speakers. You can add us to your playlist. Give us a thumbs up there. And on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast so you get the automatic updates on your phone uh, or on your computer. So uh, we have uh, all of that uh, coming up. Uh, the fantasy football, and of course the game picks, uh, some prop bets, and the NFL.com playoff, um, uh, the fantasy playoff challenge. Uh, but let's get to uh, hockey, and this was a very good week for the Carolina Hurricanes, particularly Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes. Four goals and assists in only two games, a plus two, and he had 26.5 points, 7.5 better than anyone else uh, among forwards in the league. Mark Scheifele was second at 19 points, three goals, two assists. These are all in two games. Just about everybody played two games between Tuesday and Friday. Uh, but Scheifele and uh, Ajo were the only ones with five points. Actually, add to that Brad Marchand. I take that back. Marchand also had five points 
but those were the only three in the league. And among uh, goals scored, Ajo had four, several at three, including Kyle Palmieri of the Devils, Patrick Hornquist, Shifley, Max Pacioretty, and Sean Monahan of the Calgary Flames. But in terms of fantasy points, Ajo was first, Shifley was second at 19 points, Phil Kessel was third, two goals, two assists, and two games, and a plus two. He had 17 and a half points. Sean Monahan at 17 points with the three goals, no assists for him, though, and a plus one. And Henrik Zetterberg, uh, rounding out the top five, actually tied with Patrick Hornquist. We're going to give it to Hornquist because he had one more goal. He had three goals, no assists. Zetterberg, two, two, and four, and he was a plus four, but both of them had 16 points. So Hornquist gets the fifth place uh, vote, and Zetterberg gets the honorable mention. In terms of local uh, local players, Adam Henrique gets the edge, 14 and a half points for the Devils, two goals and an assist in two games. Among defensemen, very quickly, among uh, the uh, games from Tuesday to Friday, the best defenseman was T.J. Brody of the Calgary Flames. Five assists in two games. He was also a plus three as Calgary had a very successful short week. 26 points for him. Eric Carlson of Ottawa, goal and four assists and a plus two in two games. 24.5 points for him. Alex Pietrangelo, um, similar stat line, goal and four assists, but a plus one. And uh, that's the reason why he was two points behind at 22.5. Jason Demers of the Florida uh, the Florida Panthers, a goal and two assists and a plus three for 20 points. Brent Burns in fifth place, one, three, and four, four penalty minutes and a plus one in two games. Goaltenders, the top goaltender, uh, two, top two goaltenders in the league, Peter Budai, who had two wins and a shutout, added another shutout last night, by the way, so he's probably going to be one of the NHL's three stars. Uh, but Budai uh, allowed two goals in two games, 963 save percentage, 52 of 54. Goals against him an even one. He had 20.4 points. Pekka Rinna for Nashville at 16 points came in second, one and one with a shutout, allowed four goals in the other game, and he had a 2.03 goals against 942 save percentage. Top local, that would be Henrik Lundqvist of the Rangers at 8.8 points. He was 1-0 and in, uh, in terms of uh, regulation in two games, 2.73 goals against 925 save percentage and our enforcer of this shortened week well let's uh let's take a look at the numbers there aren't a lot of penalty minutes to go around anymore uh but uh let's uh let's give it to matt stajan of the calgary flames actually uh no i take that back uh yeah but let's let's give it to uh um actually no we're going to give it to alex Clark of tampa uh to me a a lower limit for penalty minutes if you want to be considered uh, for a uh, for an enforcer would be five penalty minutes in a week, and Kalorn uh, um, had exactly that: two goals and and a major. So there you go, fifteen and a half fantasy points, slightly better than Stajan, who had six penalty minutes, it's three minors, goal and assist, and plus three. He had twelve enforcer points, uh, but we give it to Alex Kalorn, not someone you normally see on that list. Okay, so um, let's uh, let's quickly look at. Uh, injuries and hot pickups for uh, for fantasy hockey since we since now it's January it's really center stage for um, uh, for fantasy hockey and uh, we take a look at the uh, the players who are uh, for who are out for any length of time and and especially uh, players you expect uh, in fantasy lineups or at least on fantasy rosters Jimmy Howard uh, in the AHL for uh, conditioning as Peter Morazic has has pretty much taken the job but Jimmy Howard. Uh, coming back from injury, not having a great year, uh, but looking to get back between the pipes for for the Red Wings. But right now he's in Grand Rapids. Uh, Jason Spezza undisclosed. Spezza uh, landed on injury reserve, injured reserve on uh, February the third. He is supposed to be out more than a few days with his undisclosed injury. 
but uh, of course, with uh, with Dallas struggling, that uh, definitely hurts them, and it, it may hurt for the 84% who own him in CBSSports.com leagues. Connor Sheary, that's a big injury. Four to six weeks for him. He was really starting to catch fire. 17 goals, 18 assists for the season. Upper body injury. Uh, he was put on IR uh, a couple of days ago. Four to six weeks. Uh, and uh, that will that will hurt as well for for teams that recently picked him up. If he's uh, if he is picked up, he's uh, available in only two of every seven CBSSports.com leagues. Kevin Hayes for the Rangers lower body should be coming back in uh, uh, in relatively short order, uh, but he was put on IR uh, two to three weeks actually for him. So uh, looking like a couple of weeks away from Hayes's return. Uh, Travis Hamanick of the Islanders, knee injury. He should be back in a couple of weeks. Semyon Varlamov has a groin injury. Uh, he is going to be out for the rest of the year. What a bad year for the Avs, and it continues with Varlamov, 6-17 and 17 for the season. A terrible year there. Jenny Malkin, a knee injury. Uh, he is uh, probably going to be out for the next couple of games, um, but may return by next weekend. Um, not sure about that because they're in the middle of a road trip. So Valentine's night against Vancouver is probably a better bet, and that is a home game for Pittsburgh. Uh, also, Eric Johnson, the leg injury, he's been out for a while, uh, and uh, he is um, uh, really not looking to come back anytime soon, six to eight weeks, and that was in early December with a broken fibula. Uh, so it has been eight weeks and uh, the things have not changed in terms of a return date. It hasn't even been set for Eric Johnson. Tyler Myers for Winnipeg, a lower body injury, uh, and also uh, some personal issues. He is still um, really, at last report, uh, not uh, not coming back anytime soon. I guess they're taking a game-to-game, but really no update there. Jonathan Quick, uh, which we've uh, we've talked about quite a bit, he did get in between the pipes and practice in L.A., some one-on-one drills. Uh, and practiced with the uh, with the rest of the team as well, so that is very encouraging. But no change to the timetable of early March, which is still a month away for Jonathan Quick, who um, who hurt his groin uh, in the first game of the season for the Kings. So that is a look at the injuries around hockey, and now onto the hot pickups. And let's take a look at uh, uh, at a couple at uh, at every position here. Sebastian Aho is the flavor of the week. He's available in medium sized leagues. Young player. Only uh, 20, or I'm sorry, he's 19, not even 20, but 16 goals and 15 assists for the young Finn. And um, uh, he is really starting to light it up. Four goals in his last three games, including a hat trick on January 31st against the Philadelphia Flyers, a four-point night in that game. So uh, he is definitely a uh, a flavor of the week and people uh, running to pick him up. In shallow leagues, Jonathan Huberdeau, he he has not been a game this year. Uh, really, there was there was no major updates on his injury, uh, but he has come back and come back already on uh, on the third. So he came back on Friday night against Anaheim and scored a game-winning goal. So Huberto now is coming back, as is uh, Alexander Barkov, who was thought to have possibly miss the rest of the year. He's already um, he's on his way back to the uh, to the Florida lineup. But Huberdeau available in shallow leagues. In deep leagues, you want to give a deep league uh, option um, among forwards. Uh, let's uh, let's take a look. How about Philip Deneau of uh, Montreal? Uh, Ten goals, 18 assists, and he's only owned in uh, 9% of CBSSports.com leagues. That will rise to 12%, but he is day-to-day, so do keep that in mind. Uh, Zach Smith, another option for Ottawa. 
12 goals, 14. It says he's only owned in 17%, moving up to 20%. Uh, and he just got a contract extension. So uh, among forwards, the, those are the players that uh, uh, garner or earn your, earn your attention. Uh, and among defensemen, Nikita Nesterov of the Montreal Canadiens. How about him? He is a deep league option, and he has four goals and nine assists uh, after uh, being traded. Uh, he, he was traded, uh, I believe, he, I'm, I'm trying to remember where he was, uh, where he was traded from, uh, Tampa. That's right. Nikita Nesterov traded from Tampa to Montreal, and he had a goal, his first Canadian's goal, in Philly the other night, but he has four goals and nine assists, and he's only owned in uh, 3% of CBSSports.com leagues. Tampa not having a good season. Montreal is, uh, especially among defensemen, if you're on the ice when your team is good, you will get positive plus minus. So good defensemen, or defensemen on good teams are definitely worth a look, and Nesterov uh, fits that bill. Among uh, medium-sized leagues, Adam Larson, who had a solid week last week, a solid month in January, uh, Adam Larson owned in 29% of CBSSports.com leagues, moving up to 32, but he's a plus 11 for the season, three goals and 11 assists for the 24-year-old defenseman. Uh, shallow leagues, Dmitry Orlov is a good option, uh, as well as uh, uh, Andre Sekarash for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, for goaltenders, let's give you a couple, couple of options there as well. Thomas Grice in shallow leagues, Mike Condon, also in shallow leagues, but he is getting um, uh, he, his his percentage is climbing. Uh, in medium-sized leagues, Michael Norberg or Calvin Pickard, who's now going to be the netminder for Colorado the rest of the way. He's only eight and fourteen. The Avs really uh, having a terrible season. But if you're looking for a guy who's going to face some shots, uh, that is definitely going to be Calvin Pickard. And uh, in deep leagues, uh, Anthony Stolar, Zane McIntyre backups for their uh, goaltenders, and especially if the Flyers move uh, either Neuverth or Mason at the deadline, which is what's being rumored, Anthony Stolarz would get the uh, call-up from Lehigh Valley. Zane McIntyre, been, uh, you know, he has been handling some of the play while uh, Tuka Rask has been, uh, has been hurt, or not hurt, but just kind of uh, ineffective at times, but McIntyre's 0-4 on the season, so obviously that is a draft-and-follow type of a situation. Uh, so that is a look at uh, our roster trends and our uh, hot pickups for Week 17 in fantasy hockey. Okay, I did promise by the bottom of the hour we would get to our game picks. So let's start there and then talk about some of the prop bets, and we'll, get, we'll take you through the uh, uh, NFL.com Playoff Fantasy Challenge. Uh, first, the pick. Now, this game has really not moved off of the initial spread, which was three points to the Patriots, which basically means it's a pretty even game, as crazy as it sounds. You have the fantastic offenses, uh, specifically Atlanta. Atlanta gets the check for offense. They have so many weapons. Matt Ryan, the MVP, he has been flipping the ball all over the place, spreading the defense out, finding Julio Jones, who is the single best receiver uh, in terms of his physical prowess uh, among any in the game, you know Rob Gronkowski is not going to play, so there's no there's no real battle for that honor. You wouldn't you wouldn't put Julian Edelman or Chris Hogan up against Julio Jones in terms of a specimen. Jones is a guy who's tall, he's fast, he can get into the dirty areas, he can also run away from you, and Julio Jones can do just about everything. And Matt Ryan and Jones have played for a few years, so they know where they're going to be on the field, and uh, it is a fantastic relationship. Um, now beyond that, they also have Devontae Freeman. They also have Tevin Coleman. Don't sleep on Tevin Coleman in this game. 
uh, as a guy who um, uh, can, can look to uh, expose some weaknesses on defense, especially uh, in the flat. And uh, also, add to that Taylor Gabriel, who's kind of one of those Swiss Army Knife type guys. He can catch the ball. He can run with the ball. So they have a lot of options on offense. Now, of course, the Patriots, you know about them. You know Brady can find anybody. He makes uh, little-known guys into stars, guys like Chris Hogan, who have uh, struggled to get a foothold in the NFL. He has made him look like a star with his, uh, with his conference championship output. But you also have Martellus Bennett, who has done a very good job subbing for Rob Gronkowski, where the Patriots really haven't missed a beat at all. Uh, and, of course, as I mentioned, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, guys who can uh, go over the middle and uh, turn, turn it up for big games, big games. So you have guys who, who are masters of their offense. It's almost a wash, and I, but I would give the check to the Falcons. Now, defensively, you have to give the check to the Patriots, what the Patriots can do on defense. And if you give Bill, the, the, old, the old adage is, if you can give Bill Belichick two weeks to prepare for a game, uh, you really, you, you're really playing with fire. And, you know, it doesn't matter how good the offense is. Belichick can try and scheme a defense to stop the offense or at least stifle it or funnel it into a way where the, where the top guy can't beat you. And the Patriots, how, how can you bet against them going, going that way? Now, I will say the two times they've lost the Super Bowl have been to the New York Giants. And the New York Giants really use some, some, uh, some unbelievable plays, one in each game, that defined the game the David Tyree helmet catch in Super Bowl 42, and the Mario Manningham throw right into the bucket from Eli Manning in Super Bowl 46. Those are the two times where the Patriots haven't come out winners. Uh, now, it will take something of historic proportions in order to beat the Patriots. That's basically uh, how it has been in, in the Super Bowl. Will it happen this time around? Matt Ryan, for as good as he is, and the fact that he was the MVP of the league, his playoff experience has been largely negative coming into this year. Um, and I don't think he's too young to, uh, uh, to, to not be bothered by that. He's a veteran. Um, I, I think the Falcons will play uh, valiantly, but I think the Patriots will win. And I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I could see the Falcons getting up early. I could see the Patriots roaring back. I think the Patriots will win the game and the final score 37-31. to 31. So I am in the over camp, the over-under. It's 59 points. I'm predicting 68 points. I'm going for a, uh, an over, and I think the Patriots will cover. I don't think they're going to blow out the Falcons. It's going to be a close one. Um, but will we see the first ever overtime in the Super Bowl? Well, 37-31, that could be a 31-31 tie in overtime, and the Patriots winning in overtime. That is a possible scenario. We have never seen an overtime game. It is now Super Bowl 51. I've been rooting for one for a long time. The Patriots almost had one, but Vinatieri won the uh, won the Super Bowl uh, at the gun with the uh, with the field goal. But uh, looking overall against the spread, the Patriots are 15 and three. The Falcons are 12 and six. So the Patriots perform a little better against the spread. Um, now I'm, I'm getting my spreads this week from OddsShark.com, which uh, has a lot of great. Uh, numbers and has all the information you need to know on the prop bets and everything. And they're, they're picking the over-under at 58. And in terms of their consensus, 51% think it's going to be over, uh, but 57% are picking the Patriots minus three. In terms of the money line, uh, the Patriots minus 155, the Falcons plus 135, 
uh, according to Bet Online. According to Caesars, plus one forty minus one forty five for the Patriots. Uh, that is the money line. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, 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 uh, it, to me, it seems like the Patriots, it's their game to lose, in, in my opinion. Uh, looking at the numbers, you know, the, the, the Patriots are 15, as I mentioned, 15-3 against the spread. Uh, they are, however, on, in terms of over-under, they're 8-9-1 against the number. Atlanta 16-2 to the over which tells you that the, the Falcons games have been offensive explosion-type games, but that's also because the Falcons have a worse defense, so they give up more points. They outscore the other team, and usually that works in the regular season. They may even work a little bit in the playoffs, but in the Super Bowl, uh, that usually does not work. So my number of 68, I know I'm in the minority. I, I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. Usually the defense is clamped down in the Super Bowl. Um, but Atlanta averaged 23.67 points. Uh, in their last ten head-to-head, or in their last ten games, I should say, um, uh, I'm sorry, in their six games um, that they've played against each other, I, I pretty much throw out the head-to-head stuff. They haven't played against each other in three years. It was a different Falcons team. Uh, this is a much different Falcons team, a better defensive team actually, and um, more weapons for Matt Ryan uh, in terms of especially running the ball. Uh, so I don't take that uh, really into account. The Patriots, though, for what it's worth, 4-2 in the six games against Atlanta, even though Atlanta scored more points than New England, as I was trying to say before, 23.67 per game for Atlanta versus 23 per game for New England. Um, in terms of overall, Atlanta has scored well more points than New England this year, 34.44 on average for Atlanta, 28.39 for New England. In terms of passing yards, Atlanta throws for 26 more a game, they rush for five more yards a game, uh, but New England has a slight edge in time of possession, and they, they average three and a half more plays a game, uh, but Atlanta gets about um, uh, eight-tenths of a yard more per play. So it's quality and quantity. New England has the quantity in terms of plays. They're on the field more. Atlanta does more with those plays. So you can pretty much throw that out as well in terms of, you know, who has the advantage in terms of time of possession and yards per attempt and all that kind of stuff. It all kind of washes away uh, as, 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 uh, as it happens. So um, really a pretty even matchup. I think what would be the difference would be uh, maybe a defensive play here or there, a Malcolm Butler play, uh, at the at the goal line, you know that kind of a thing might just might determine the Super Bowl as well. Some interesting uh, information that OddsShark.com provides: uh, Matt Ryan's last six games, 18 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, now against the spread, the Falcons 0-5 in their last five games as an underdog. But once again, that covers multiple years, and you really can't uh, take that into account because this Falcons team is different. Uh, and Brady's career numbers get the Falcons nine touchdowns, one interception. Once again, different Falcons team, different Falcons defense there. All right, let's take a look quickly at uh, uh, at the uh, historical numbers. The team that scores first wins about two-thirds of the time. That's 68%, uh, especially when the first score was a tight end. Or I'm sorry, tight end, a touchdown, TD versus TE. Glasses. Uh, the first score, when it's a touchdown, the team wins over 70% of the time. When it's a field goal, it's about 60. And when it's a safety, when the first score of the game is a safety, the team wins every time. Uh, and it's happened three times in, in the Super Bowl. Uh, so that's a couple of uh, little items there. Underdogs are 12-3 and against the spread 
in the last 15 Super Bowls and have five wins outright. So that tells you that uh, the underdogs are, are are really coming back, and that would that would edge the Falcons. However, the Patriots in their last 30 games as a favorite, 19, 9, and 2 against the spread. However, however, if they're only favored by uh, two to four points, so a small favorite. They are 4-9 against the spread in their last 13. That is all nine of those uh, losses as a favorite. So uh, games where they're expected to win by more than four points, uh, they do extremely well. Less than four points, it's a different story. Falcons are 20-7 and seven against the spread in their last 27 games as an underdog, uh, and they've won seven straight, straight up and against the spread when they've been an underdog by between two and four points. Uh, so that is, uh, once again, those are numbers that favor the Falcons if you look at the overall uh, numbers there. Finally, let's get to the prop bets. Uh, there's some crazy ones. Coin toss, I wouldn't bet on that one. It's been heads 24 times, tails 26 times. The national anthem, average of the last 11, according to oddshark.com, 1 minute 58 seconds. Luke Bryan is going to sing it. The number is set at 2 minutes 15 seconds. I would go under on that. I think Luke Bryan is no frills. I don't think he's going to draw it out with any long notes. So I'm going to go under, and that's minus 120. In terms of what he's wearing, I, you know, that's just a little too much for me. First score, what kind of first score will it be? 48% has been a touchdown. 46% has been a field goal. 6% has been a safety. The touchdown is at minus 165. I don't think they're going to fool around with field goals much in this game, so I'm going to go with the touchdown. It is a prohibitive favorite. Field goal or safety is a plus 135. But, uh, touchdown minus 165, probably not worth on that one. Who will score first? Patriots minus 25, Falcons minus 105. I can see the Patriots scoring first in this one. Team to score last, both are minus 115. First touchdown of the game, uh, Julio Jones plus 750, and that is the best odds. Devontae Freeman plus 800, along with Julian Edelman and Garrett Blunt, and then it goes into four figures for, for that. I think that's uh, that's a pretty good bet. Julian Edelman, I could see that. Garrett Blunt, if they get close, Tom Brady, I could see him rush for a touchdown, plus 2,500 for him. That might be worth taking that bet. You could see a, a third-and-one sneak from the one-yard line getting the first score of the game. Um, but, uh, but anyway, that, that, is, uh, that is possible. The first touchdown score for the Patriots, not in the game, but for the Patriots. Brady is a plus 1,400, but Edelman has the best. Edelman and Blunt actually both have the best at plus 450. For the Falcons, it's Devontae Freeman and Julio Jones at plus 400. Uh, who will score? Which position will have the first uh, touchdown? Um, and who will uh, score the first touchdown? Uh, Patriots touchdown, plus 175. That is the best number, and that's a pretty good one. First score of the game by the Patriots to be a touchdown is a prohibitive favorite. One, minus 165. First one for Atlanta being a touchdown is minus 155. MVP of the game, 27 of the last 50, of the first 50 Super Bowls have been quarterbacks. And with offenses as good as they are, you've got to think it's going to be a quarterback in this one. Tom Brady plus 160, Matt Ryan plus 275. I would put my money on Ryan. That's not bad. If the Falcons win, you know Ryan is going to be the reason why. Here's the last one for you, as crazy as it is. Gatorade colors dumped on the winning coach. Four oranges, four clears, two yellows, two purples, and one blue. If you remember way back to the first time that was done, Super Bowl XXI, where Harry Carson and others uh, dumped orange Gatorade on Bill Parcells. I think it's going to be orange Gatorade on Bill Belichick, which, of course, Belichick coached on those Giants teams. Turnabout is fair play, and a, uh, a long-running tradition continues. I'm going to pick orange. Orange is plus 300, along with uh, 
clear and uh, green and yellow. Red, blue, and purple are the long shots. Uh, so those are some of the prop bets. I know it gets crazy in terms of yardage and who will score and how many times will they mention Trump in the broadcast and all that kind of stuff. But go to oddshark.com slash super hyphen bowl slash props for a definitive list on all of the prop bets. Have a wonderful time watching the game. Enjoy, enjoy your guacamole. Enjoy your crab dip. I'm certainly going to enjoy mine. Mrs. Statman is preparing the spread as we speak. And we'll be on with you next Saturday morning, the 11th of February, at 10 a.m. Eastern time for this week in fantasy sports. And uh, we wish you a great uh, Super Bowl. And a, a next week, of course, we'll be back with hockey, and we will kick off our 2000. 2000-